Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. Uh, morning, everybody. Uh, I was going to say, this is pretty uh, uh, an alien environment for me right now. I'm pretty sure it's very much an alien site for me, for you yourself as well. Um, Today, like um, Pastor Robson said, uh, we've been asked to talk about um, aspects of Christmas um, and also um, kind of points uh, that we think are interesting to talk about, I guess, about this Christmas time. So today I just want to open up and start with a verse. And the first verse we're going to read today is, if you've got a Bible, um, I don't think I'll put it up, but it is up there, um, paraphrase of it. Um, if you want to turn to First John... 4, chapter 4, 19. And this is pretty much is going to be the anchor verse for what I'm going to say today. So first John, right at the back, near Revelations um, and chapter 4. And it says, pretty pretty small verse, but a really significant verse. We love because he first loved us. Uh, and I just want you to think about that now. Um, we're to set off the theme of Christmas, so to speak. We, I'm just going to show a couple of videos just to get you thinking about what this time of year means, who is it for, and what is it for. So there's two videos from the archives from very long ago that I just want to play this morning. And the first one is, what is Christmas for? And uh, James will play it for us once it's um, loaded up. This is just to get you thinking. This is not the sermon. <laughs> this was done by an old um, youth group that we used to have in our old church. So it's, that's just a quick video, just hopefully to amuse you, you guys too about Christmas and also just to get you thinking, what is Christmas for? Is it just about what was shown today or have we missed something? So the next um, few weeks we'll be talking about what Christmas is really for. <clears throat> so today, I wanted to start off by asking you guys, or asking the question, where did we even get the gift, uh, the idea of gifts from? Um, why is it these days we get so caught up with the consumerism of gifts that, you know, it's just all about giving and also receiving, more or less? And also, how come when we give, it's a bit, a bit of a tit-for-tat giving, if you understand what I mean? It's just like, oh, he's giving me something, that means I need to give him something, right? Because, like... And also, it's like a guilty giving, so to speak. And we also seem to have this um, phenomenon of recycling gifts, which is a bit weird. <laughs> uh, or even just maybe losing a gift uh, when we don't like it. So, I'm here to break the news that gifting with strings attached or out of obligation or guilt voids the gift being a gift. It's not a gift at all, because there's something attached to it whether it's your guilt or your emotions or because you think, oh, maybe I need to give him something. Anyway, um, so what's, I, I, I just want to do a little research about what the definition of a gift is. So I looked at Google and I looked at the legal definition of a gift, which is on one of the second slides, I think. And so the legal definition of a gift, is, a gift is a transfer of property from one person or entity to another person or entity that is made for a personal reason 
as opposed to a business or transactional reason. Voluntarily, voluntarily transferred without compensation, the donor should intend that transfer to be permanent. So there's nothing attached to a gift. There's no guilt giving, there's no, oh, that means I need to get you something. A gift is a gift, no strings attached. So I want to talk about, as well, a famous person at this time of year. Um, well, actually, it's not really the real reason for, for Christmas, but he seems to be quite prominent, unfortunately, in our society today, and that's St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas, everyone know Santa Claus? Well, there was an original guy called St. Nicholas, and in my opinion, whether he's legend, myth, or real, in my opinion, he's a lot cooler than Santa Claus right now, because there's two things that he's really famous for in his character and reputation, and the first one is he had a habit of secret gift giving to the poor and needy. So he'd go around, he'd find somebody who's poor and needy and just goes, here you go, God bless you, God help you, see your, your, your situation. And the second thing he's really famous for as well is that he re rescued these young women who couldn't find a husband and he'd pay for his dowry, he'd pay for their dowry rather than, because I think uh, there were situations at the time where if you didn't have uh, or not, be, not to be married to somebody, uh, there's some situations where they would go into a life of prostitution, which is a bit extreme. But he was aware of that, and he didn't want that for them. So he'd just pay for his dowry. And back in the day, I don't know if you know how much a dowry is. <laughs> it's a lot. You know, I think you hear of stories of like, oh, there's two cows for this, uh, for, for me to marry you, and all that kind of thing. So that's a lot of his money, uh, the money that he had. So, St. Nicholas was far cooler than this commercialized Santa Claus today, in my opinion. Um, and, and because of, uh, I want to ask this question as well, and this is the main question really for today, is why would he or anyone of us do this? Why would we give like this? Um, again, we want to, if we turn to 1 John uh, 4.19, uh, it says, we love because he first loved us. And I'm guessing you know who he is, right? Uh, he is Jesus. He is God. Um, uh, with, I'm just going to read what it says here because it's actually quite um, clear. <laughs> so it's a, I, um, in the notes, it says, extraordinary generous love is driven because of God's initial extraordinary love that he's shown to us mercy and grace that he wasn't obliged to give us at all. Like God can just recreate creation, if that makes sense, you know? He doesn't have to really redeem us at all. And, and he showed that to all of us, so not just a limited amount of us, to all of us. Um, we'll come to the most famous verse in the Bible soon, but I'm pretty sure you've got it in the back of your mind already. Um, and I think as well, uh, the original Saint Nick, uh, his reasons for doing what he did was because of this, because he was a believer in Christ, and it's because of the love that he experienced from Christ that he would do these extraordinary, uh, generous giving to other people as well. So, I hear you say that you don't have to be a Christian to know what love is. Is that right? <laughs> yeah? Correct. So, uh, a non-believer is obviously because we were non-believers once, so we know in our experience life uh, not knowing God. Um, 
are not that non-believers aren't capable of love or morality, as uh, C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity, which is a very good book, by the way. Please read it. Really, really enlightening. Um, that we, as human, as the human race, are haunted by the idea of a sort of behavior that they or we ought to practice fair play or decency or morality of the law of nature. So that's everyone. That's not even a believer. That's anyone who's not, who's not even a believer too. And later on when you read the book, it's revealed that this is the conscience, conscience that God has given everyone. So that love really is rooted in God, in, the, in, what, in, our, in God, because he's giving us hints, as the book says, that it's him who's, uh, who's behind all of this. Um, so if you are a non-believer, yes, you do know what empathy is, you do know what love is, you do know what generosity is and, and morality. But what sets us apart as believers when it comes to loving? What does it set us apart from non-believers? I'd say it's the why, the reason why and the reason for loving. Uh, it's because, like I said, I, I'm going to come back to this verse all the time, it's because he first loved us. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, it's because of Christ's perfect and stupendously extraordinary love that he showed us that we would want to respond with that love too. Respond to that love for Christ and also for the people around us. Um, and for the church and for mankind. And, we, and that's the length and breadth that Christ loved us. Um, and we'll come to the length and breadth and expl explanation of that soon. So as Christians, I believe, and we've heard this phrase before, I think, that we should set, be set apart, right? Set apart. And we should have a bigger capacity of, gen of love and generosity to the point of it sometimes, or actually most of the time, being sacrificial. And we are also meant to be, um, did I miss a slide? I didn't miss, good, okay. We're also meant to be famous for it. It says in John 13, 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, it's, when John writes about this, it's oh, when, oh, what um, Jesus was saying, I mean, it's a bit strange just to have that, that statement. And that statement's supposed to be a bit more than just the statement kind of reveals. He emphasizes that we're supposed to be famous for this love. We're supposed to be famous for showing love to one another and also love to other people. And also, secondly, Jesus also said that we, we, we should be willing to go the extra mile. Everyone remember that verse where it's just like, if somebody wants you to go with him for a mile, well, you gotta, why don't you just go for the second mile with him as well? Paraphrase, but that's in Matthew 5, 41. So, again, I'm going to ask this question again. I was going to get, it's going to get really annoying. But why, why do we love generously? Why do we love like Christ? And the next slide. Oh, that's really small, isn't it? Sorry. Um, so, and I'm going to elaborate on this a little bit um, with um, verses from the Bible and what uh, stuff that Jesus said as well. That is really small. Okay, can you read it? I'm going to read it out anyway, verbatim. So, the first one is, why should I not let my left hand know what my right hand is doing when I give? Just be, uh, why shouldn't I look for fame or credit when I give? The second one is, 
why when you lend to someone in need personally, money or things, you shouldn't expect it back. And that's a tough one, I admit. And that, but that says, uh, Jesus said that in Luke 6, 33, 35. And the third one is, why should I share things with other people? Which it says in Hebrews that we should. It is in Hebrews 13, 16. And also, uh, fourth elaboration is, why should I be generous to those in need? Just like it says in 1 John 3, 16 to 18. Why? I'm going to come back to the verse already. You already know the answer. <laughs> so, because God loved us first. God loved us first. God's, I think you, everyone can probably quote this verse already. God gave his only son, right? Okay. Put, put a, uh, a button on that, so to speak. And also, it says in 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 1, See how great a love the Father has given. Now, in other versions, it says lavishly given. So it's not just, here you go, here you go, man. I'm just going to give this to you. Just give that to you. It's more like, just have it. Have it. Overwhelmingly generous giving. Thank you. That was very unscripted as well. <laughs> um, uh, so it's lavishly given to us that we should be called children of God. And, how, and we'll come to how we become children of God uh, later on. And God, coming back to John 3.16, God has given us eternal life, a new, meaningful, real life in His Son through the cross. And today, we're gonna, someone's going to get baptized. So this is perfect because this is a great analogy. Um, if you want to turn to Romans chapter 6, verse 4, and just um, explain a little bit more what this new life is and how we got it, how we got it. Let me just flick through as well. Romans 6, verse 4. Sorry, I didn't put in the slides. Um, but I'll read it out loud. We were therefore buried with him through baptism, see behind, into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So it's through Christ's death that we died to the sins of our past, that we died to sin, and it's through Christ's resurrection that we have new life. So, um, and now we just have to take that in. We have to take that in every day and we have to just let it sink in, you know, because again, I'll come to the reasons why actually I'm, I'm going ahead of myself, but I'll come to the reasons why we should. So just like it said in Romans 6, 4, Jesus was willing to come down to earth to enter the universe and just to blow your mind even more, to enter the space-time continuum. It's a dimension, right? It's not just little earth, it's the whole universe he entered into. And today's creation, just like it says in the beginning, was the Word. He was part of creation. He was part of making creation, so to speak. Um, and to give his life, and he gave his, sorry, I'm sorry. So he came down here to give his life, to fulfill the fine of sin, to fulfill the debt of sin, to, to pay, to fully pay um, the, the price of sin and to fulfill the requirements of the law and to give us the gift of salvation. And like I said before, Jesus didn't have to do this at all. You know, God, 
if, you know, so, if God was somebody else or had a different characteristic, he can just recreate, really. But he didn't. He chose to redeem us all. Um, and it's by grace they chose to redeem us through Jesus Christ. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to repeat myself a lot of times, but different ways. Sorry. Um, so the next slide uh, is slide four. Yes, okay. So I'm going to come back to what is a legal definition of a gift. And I've, there was another um, very succinct, um, smaller kind of version of it. And it says, voluntary transfer of a benefit without need for any compensation and consideration. So, like I said before, it's not a quid pro quo. It's not, you do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. It's, it's, a, it's a gift, no strings attached. So, you ask a question, I think. I hope you do. I ask. Okay, good. So why is salvation a gift? Why is Christ dying to pay for our sins a gift? Why do we not pay ourselves or earn it ourselves? And the next slide. There's a big question there. So think about that um, for now. Um, so why, yeah, why, why don't we do that? Firstly, we'd be foolish to think to ourselves that we can, pay, we can live a perfect life. Yeah. Anyone here perfect? Raise your hand. I will call you a liar straight away. <laughs> no, okay, that's, that's great endorsement there. <laughs> so no one, right? No one, really, like, let's be real. No one can live a perfect life at all. Um, and we also can't repay the cost of our sins. We can't redeem ourselves at all. There's, there's, like, if you can imagine a dot on a piece of paper, right? This is how I like to imagine it. A dot on a, a little period on a piece of paper, right? And that's, that's like our efforts, right? And now that dot, in comparison to the whole universe, is what we have to pay. The whole universe is what we have to pay. And even more, because it's infinitely so. Because we can't even pay it. It's impossible to pay it. So, um, like it said, uh, oh, I didn't put the verse in this, uh, the verse numbers in this, but I'll read it out anyway. It says, if you have committed one sin, just one sin, you're guilty of all. It doesn't matter um, what it is, so to speak, um, but God said, God said a clause uh, in the beginning, and it's just triggered by just one sin. So, and you know, I've always thought, what is, what is, deep down, what is sin really? You know, and I always think it's an action of distrust towards God. Because you're saying to him, ah oh, man, I know better, I'm going to do my own thing. And it's you thinking that I'm the man, so to speak, and, or I'm the woman, if you're a woman. And it's an action of distrust towards him. And I always, pic- I always picture back to Adam and Eve in the garden. And they got told that not to eat from this fruit. Um, and <laughs> I had a funny, funny picture that came to mind. And imagine them getting the fruit and just having a little nibble. Just a tiny, tiny nibble. Not significant, right? At all. Just to take a little bite. Just a little piece of skin from that fruit. They still sinned, right? <laughs> they still took the fruit. It doesn't matter if they get a huge bite or a tiny, tiny piece. They still took the fruit and they bit that fruit. And God said not to do that. So no matter how small or big sin in the eyes of God, 
is sin. And we have, we have an issue <laughs> that we need to deal with. Um, so, like I said, no one is worthy. No one is worthy um, to redeem themselves, to earn themselves into heaven through salvation. Um, no one apart from Jesus, right, is worthy to be good. And the next slide is Romans 3, 10 to 12. Oh, nice. Thank you, Jess. Uh, and it says there, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. So that's God's assessment of what's going on in the world. There's no one that's good. There's no one who can do it, who can earn their way to heaven, so to speak. And so there's this, there's this verse in the Bible which I thought was ridiculously hard-hitting. And I just thought, is that allowed? Because sometimes you read verses in the Bible and just go, wait a minute, is that allowed in the Bible? Because that's a bit harsh. Or if you read the Songs of Solomons, please read it when you're a bit older. You just think, what is that doing there? Anyway, so um, there's a verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 64 to 6, that even though we, even if we think we can try to be good and just with our own efforts, with our own self-righteousness, we just think, yeah, I can do it. It's fine. Do you know what God thinks of that? Do you know what God thinks of that? Do you know what God thinks of that? I'm going to tell you what God thinks of that. Doing good without him or, without, or him being the reason for that, he thinks it's like discarded, used sanitary towels. Just chucked into the bin. There's no value in it because, like, like uh, I'm going to emphasize a bit more, it's, it's because he's not behind it. He's not the reason for your goodness. Um, so, and the next point also, and this is a funny one, so to speak. I, well, I think so. Anyway, I'm just carry on. And also, God didn't send Jesus because all of a sudden, humanity was trending to be good. Or I like to use the phrase gooder because it's a ridiculous phrase. Uh, so like, because uh, it, it's an absurd notion. So Jesus didn't just go, you know what? They're getting better. I think it's now the time to come in and save them. He didn't. He didn't. Let me just put that very clear. He didn't. Um, so for example, with the theme of Christmas, um, everyone remember Herod? Yeah, in, in Herod. Okay, so Herod got a bit jealous of Jesus, even though Jesus was like a tiny, tiny baby at that point, being threatened by a baby. Can you imagine that king being threatened by a baby? And you know what? To kind of like um, make things right in his eyes, he just said, you know what? I want to get rid of all the babies. I'm going to kill them all. So that isn't really a good indication that humanity was getting any better anyway, is it? It's not as if we're getting gooder. Um, so... I know it's a ridiculous notion, uh, but it just emphasizes how even now humanity is not getting better at all. And you see in the culture, you see the, um, this, the warping of morality. It's just going out the window. And it's not because humanity was getting gooder, because we're not. It's because while we were still sinners, Christ was sent and died for us. So even in our, in our sin, even when we're still sinners, not because we're getting better, we're getting good, 
God, uh, Christ was sent because, oh, in despite of our sins. Um, as it says in Matthew 5, 8, which is in the next slide, I think, Jess. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it's not because we're getting gooder. Um, so, and also, it was God's plan all along. Even from the beginning, before creation. Um, Jesus, uh, next slide, I think, Jess, please. Thank you very much. Um, even from the beginning, Jesus, he was chosen before the creator of the world, the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for our sake. So even before the creation of the world, the plan was set. God and Jesus wanted us to be redeemed. And also, in just to emphasize that Jesus wanted to do this. He wasn't forced. His arm wasn't twisted behind his back. Um, it says in Philippians 2.8, And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So he wanted to do it, guys. You, it's not a guilt trip. It's him wanting to do it. So can you see how much love he has for us? He wants, even from the beginning, it wasn't, a, um, it wasn't one of those kind of plan B moments for them. It was from the start. They wanted to show how much, he had, how much they had love for us and how much they wanted to redeem us. Um, so we come to the most famous verse on... The in on in the Bible, can anyone quote it verbatim? Anybody? John three sixteen. Whoever believes. Very good. I'm just testing you. It's fine. <laughs> so, for God so loved the world that gave His one and only Son, that whoever will believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. I know we've been holding on that thought. That thought this morning a lot, but I just want you to put another pin or, yeah, hold that thought again. I forgot the other phrase I was thinking of. So, I want to come back to the, the legalities of accepting a gift, because this is actually quite a good analogy. I, I, when I was um, Googling away and researching um, definitions, I thought this was quite a good analogy as to what we're talking about today. So, uh, the legal, there, there are three main legal requirements to a gift. Uh, thank you, Jess, reading my mind. Uh, or three elements that make a gift legally valid in the eyes of the law. And the first one is the intent of the gift from the giver. So can everyone agree that God's intent for him to give this gift to us was ticked off? Yeah. And the delivery to the recipients um, so the giver, um, can you agree that God has delivered on that gift? Yeah, so like Jesus came, this is why we're celebrating Christmas, Jesus came down to earth, and that's why we celebrate uh, Easter, because he died for us and resurrected us. So they've delivered, right? He came, delivered it, confirmed, ticked. And the third, the third thing that makes the gift valid now is the acceptance of that gift. Does the recipient want that gift and accept that gift? So, 
Back to the full context of John 3.16. There's two verses before then, and Jesus was um, giving an analogy uh, before then. And the analogy he was using was when Moses and the Israelites in the desert, and a bunch of them got bitten by snakes. Um, in fact, we'll turn to it. So John 3, if I turn to John 3, 14 to 16. Yeah. The pastor knows it. <laughs> Uh, 316. So I'll, I'll read it out. Um, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So Jesus is giving a bit of visual analogy that. Um, Back in the day, Moses and the Israelites were in this situation where a bunch of them got bitten. Moses got told by God to, and also to his brother, I think, um, to make this um, staff made out of bronze with a snake on it. And, and he's to present them to the people. And he told the people, you must look at this to be saved, to uh, get rid of that poison um, and it sounds crazy, right? I mean, if you're just living today and you're just not involved with the Israelites walking around the desert and seeing miracles all the time, that's pretty crazy to think that a staff and a snake uh, made out of bronze will save you from poison, right? I'm pretty freaked out, but... Um, but it was, like Moses said, it was the only way for them to be saved. So, so by faith... They had to accept what Moses was saying and truly look, actively look at that bronze snake on the staff to be saved. They can't just look. It's like, what? He's crazy. So, so, so hey, the staff's over there. They can just go, oh, man, I'm in pain. Oh, I'm not going to look. Oh, maybe just a little glimpse. No. They had to actively look at that staff. They had to do something, a verb, a doing thing. So I personally like to think of faith in this way. It's believing on, and I'm talking in generalities just for now, just to explain. Believing on something and then acting on that something, which means you have faith in that something, which means you're accepting that something is true. Actions speak louder than words, right? So they had to actively look and have faith and what Moses was saying. They had to, as crazy as it sounded at the time, look at that staff to be saved. And they were. And they were. Um, so, I'm going to take you on another side note. <laughs> Please, just have these thoughts that I have just pinned in your mind. We'll come back to and conclude everything uh, at the end. So, uh, I want to ask a question. It might be a personal question. I don't know. You don't have to answer it. Um, I'm not going to answer it. But... Um, how do you receive a gift this Christmas? Um, did I put a slide for that? I don't think I did. Uh, nope, nope, that's all right. Jess has gone one ahead of me. <laughs> uh, do you, when you receive, feel guilty or obliged to, to give? Are you forced to give back something when you receive a gift? Or, or you don't want the gift. It's a bit naff. So you put it into this thing called the recycling gift ecosystem. 
and hope for the best that that gift doesn't somehow travel back to the, to the giver who initially give the, gave that gift. That's really risky, guys. Don't do it. I, I've known a story where it has happened. Um, or are you ungratefully going to just throw that gift away? It's like, oh, man, this sucks. You throw it in the trash. Um, and maybe you take the giver for granted. You take the gift and the giver for granted. And maybe you're thinking, oh man, this, this gift really sucks. And it's really like, oh, oh it's just small and you know, really not, not cool. And then you maybe forget that the, the gifter maybe was, that's all they can afford. And they're just thinking about you. And they just you know, want to give you a gift. No strings attached. Anybody feel bad yet? <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, so, another question. When you hear the gospel of salvation, which is the gift we're talking about today, dang, do you, first answer, feel like you have to earn it? Feel like you have to earn it? It's like, man, I'm not good enough for this gift. Oh, man, do I have to earn it? Oh, I've got to do something, right? I've got to do something. Or secondly, or do you have a field you just bought? Hey, man, this field is amazing. Just bought it, and I got to check it out. Oh, man, I, sorry, I've got no time. I've got to check this field out. Um, or maybe you just bought some oxen. Don't worry. Run me, <laughs> go with me with this one, guys. It's in the Bible. <laughs> maybe you just bought some oxen, and you, man, it's the best oxen around. And uh, I just bought it, and I just got to check it out first. I got to check it out. Sorry, got no time. Got to check this out before even looking at this gift. Or, oh, this is a funny one. <laughs> or you just got married. This is, these are Jesus' words, by the way. Don't shoot the messenger. Uh, you just get married, and you haven't got time. You're just too busy. Married life is just too hectic, guys. And I'm just too busy to receive this gift. Uh, I wish I put the verse down on this now, but I forgot. But it's something that Jesus said um, about people being too, it's a parable about being, yeah, too, too busy to go to this feast that they were invited to, this lavish feast by this great king, Jesus, God, analogy. And they were just like, man, I got to check out my field. I got to check out my oxen. I got to check out my wife, I guess. Um, and I'm just too busy. I'm sorry, man. Too busy. So God instead invited other people. Other people from the streets. Other people who wanted, wanted to be invited in. Anyway, that's another sermon for another day. Um, so, or thirdly, have you hardened your heart from receiving it? Automatically dis disregarding the gift and the giver. So those are three questions I want to ask you. You don't have to answer them now. Uh, but I urge you to think about those, um, those questions. So our response to this gift is crucial. It's eternally crucial. It's not just crucial that I'm going to miss a bus. It's, it's crucial that I'm going to miss, well, I'm going to be in hell. You know, this is, we'll be in damnation. That's how crucial it is. If you don't respond to this gift, if, and if you don't respond to this gift in a, uh, correctly, if I use that phrase for now. So, like I said, for the gift to be valid in, in your individual life, you have to receive it. You have to accept it. 
which means believing in Jesus and what he taught us. Active, actively, like the Israelites were actively looking at that staff, actively having faith in him. Like it says, it's whoever believes. Believe is an English teacher. Believing is a verb. Thank you. I just wanted you to say it's a verb, that's all. <laughs> it's a verb. Uh, it's an action, yeah, action word. Uh, in him. And whoever accepts, accepting. So, uh, if James were to like, give me something, I can't really accept it if my hands are like, behind my back, can I? No matter how much he throws it at me. It's just going to hit me and just go on the floor. I have to accept. I have to put my hands out. So, um, where was I... So our response to this gift will determine how our lives are changed. So even, um, in fact, no, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, how our lives are changed. I think I'm slide 11, Jess. There we go. Acceptance and response to this gift equals life changed. When we accept this gift and fully understand what it costs, we cannot help but be grateful and be repentant and want to live for Jesus. We would want to change for him because he saved us. He saved us from an eternal uh, required punishment for our sins. Like our sins has, a, has an actual eternal consequence. And that has to be um, dealt with. And that was dealt with because of Jesus, because of the cross. And we need Every day, I mean, we need to get a bigger understanding of that. Just let it sink in and marinate even more uh, every day. Um, and also, uh, I'm going to hit another parable again. Um, we wouldn't want to respond like the servant who had this insurmountable amount of debt to the master, to this master of his uh, or his boss. Um, and he couldn't pay it. No way he could pay it. It's like, in the, I think there was um, a commentary that said it was millions and millions of dollars, and he was just like a servant. Um, so he couldn't pay it, and the time was due for it to be paid up. He begged the master and asked for mercy. Uh, Matt, just please, please, like, I, I'll do so, uh, uh, please have mercy on me. Since the consequences of that is his family and himself will be sold to slavery to pay for as to pay for his uh, or as collateral to his debt. He couldn't pay it. We're gonna have to sell you, and then we're gonna that would be the collateral for the debt that wasn't paid. So he begged and begged, and the master had mercy on him. And he not only did he say, you know what. I've got a, a loan, um, one of those things, um, payment plan for you. You can pay, we won't put any interest, we'll do like a 50 year uh, payment plan and you're, we're good, yeah? We're good, 50 years. No, he cancelled the complete debt. So can you imagine that? Millions and millions of dollars he owed and the master was just like, you know what, I'll have mercy on you. I'll cancel it completely, right? And you, can you imagine, I mean, if you were in that situation, you'd be like clicking your heels and like running down the road, dancing away, going, thank God, thank God, uh, this debt is cleared. You think he'd do that, right? You think this dude would do that. He didn't. The way that he accepted this was he had a colleague of his, so to speak, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, uh, who had a debt towards him. And he was thinking, man, that debt is due today, isn't it? So I'm going to go to my colleague and say, dude, 
where, what, dude? Uh, hey, dude, where, where is my, where is the, where's the money? Where is that, the money that you owe me? And, and just like he did to the master, uh, to his master, um, the, his colleague was saying, oh, no, oh, please, please give me more time. I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay. Don't worry, don't worry. Just give me more time. And instead of him being, you know what? I just was having a pretty cool day today. This guy just canceled my debt. Maybe I should cancel your debt. Or even just going, okay, cool. Just have a bit more time. That's fine. I'll come back to you, I don't know, in a few years' time or something and ask for it back. Instead of that, he demanded it. He demanded it and asked um, the officers, uh, at the, officers, yeah, uh, policemen at the time <laughs> in, the, in Roman culture, the guards, the guards. To, to shove him in jail for not paying his debt. And, and the master, the initial master, the guy he worked for, got wind of that. And he was like, what? He treated somebody like that and he, I just showed mercy on him? Well, you know what? I'm not going to cancel that debt anymore because he didn't accept and appreciate the gift that he, and mercy that he got given. His, and his actions showed it. He didn't appreciate it at all. He took it for granted. So, I just, um, where was I going with that? Yeah, his response showed that he didn't accept the gift at all. Um, or the way that it should be accepted, I guess. Um, so, uh, where was I? Sorry. Uh, the second point I wanted to make as well is that God's, unlike that guy, God's generosity towards us should affect the way that we live. His grace and mercy paid at a heavy cost. It wasn't just like a snap of the finger. And you know what? It's all good. There was something that had to be paid. There was sin, had a consequence, and that consequence had uh, a penalty. And that penalty had to be paid. And we couldn't do it. We already said we couldn't do it. We're not perfect. And we're also, uh, we can earn our way to becoming perfect or anything like that or earning salvation it's only through Christ Jesus who did it for us and like I keep on saying he didn't have to do it no obligation to do it at all um, but he still chose to do it he still chose to show us grace and mercy uh, when he didn't have to I'm repeating myself there sorry so the way that we live the way that we respond to this generosity should be showing people a generous love as well. And I don't mean that just in physical things to give people or the you know, emotional kind of like, or I guess it is emotional, but kind of um, sappy, sappy love, so to speak, you know, where it's, it's not the complete aspect of what love really is. You know, so it's not only physical gifts, it's in the way that you show your time for other people do you bring joy to other people? Uh, you show them your love. You show them patience. I think people might be maybe uh, twig where I'm going with this one. Um, patience. Do you show them kindness? Do you show them goodness when you're around them? Do you show them gentleness when you're around them towards people? Anybody know where this is coming from? Fruit of the Spirit. So our response should be an out working of the fruits of the spirit you know um it's a way to show love to others and the way that we should respond 
because of the love that Christ has shown us. Um, have I missed a slide, Jess? No? Slide 12. What's, what's the next slide? Ah, okay, coming back. And in fact, great. Um, it is, yeah, that's great. I'm in time. Great. <laughs> um, so this Christmas, let's think about and marinate in it. Like literally, I don't know, 60 day marinating or cooking a beef stew or something somewhere. I don't know if that even exists, but let's marinate in that. And let's think about what God has done, sending Jesus to earth and dying and paying for our sins and paying for the cost of our sins, which nobody else could pay, overemphasizing that all the time, but it's important. And let's not get caught up in the consumerism of the world today, where gifts are kind of becoming a bit meaningless in that sense. You know, you get, again, guilt-giving gifts, or you want to outgive somebody, you know, oh man, I'm going to give, you know, I wanna, it becomes a competition sometimes, where it shouldn't. Because, again, you're putting strings attached to that gift. You know, it's like manipulation. Um, so, um, don't get caught up in the world's view of what Christmas is about, and what giving gifts is about. And don't forget that giving gifts isn't just physical. You know, it's your time, like I said, your time, the love that you show, the joy that you bring, the patience that you have, the kindness that you have, the goodness and gentleness you have towards people. Um, so, Let's respond to what God has done by being generous ourselves in everything that we do. Um, if I'm coming to an end, but um, just want to make a couple more points. If you are a believer, let's respond by being generous, remembering that we are meant, we are meant to be famous for our love. You know, we're supposed to be, like I said, set apart to be holy, yes, and being part of being holy is also being set apart in the way that we show love and generosity. Um, remembering that the reason for the source of our love is not just because we have a feeling and we want to, you know, just love for the sake of love. It's because Jesus loved us first and Christ loved us first and he showed that through the cross. He showed us paying for our sins when he didn't have to. And let's respond as well by continuing to be conformed by God's word and renewing of our mind and being sanctified every day. Like, even though we're, we can't be perfect, we're called to be, ironically, we're called to be perfect by Jesus. And that doesn't happen overnight. Uh, there's this work of sanctification that happens a whole lifetime. And let's continue to be open to that. Always being changed and being conformed to God's word and what he wants from us. And if you haven't accepted the gift of salvation that Christ is offering you, um, I urge you to think about it. Think about what's been said today. Think about what God um, has done for you, what Christ has done for you. He's paid for your sin when he didn't have to. Honestly, like I keep on coming back to this thought, like, like in, if you've seen The Matrix, like when stuff goes wrong in The Matrix, what does the architect do? Just make another one. Just make another one. God's not like that. God is willing and willing to go the, um, the whole, he's not just 
if you're playing a game, he's not just going to like restart the game and play again. He's willing to play all out, play, play um, and he's willing to give us, give us a, a plan of redemption. You know, he wants to play it through. He's not just going to click his fingers and like, oh, you know, what? I'm going to make a better creation. No, he wants to redeem us all. And, but do we want to accept that redemption? And if you haven't, I urge you, please think about it. Please, please think about it. And if you have any more questions, just ask one of us. Well, ask Pastor Robson or one of the elders. Um, and yeah, so this Christmas, remember what Christ has done. And remember his generosity, his love, grace, and mercy. All right. Um, I think we'll just pray to end and we'll sing a song, I think. So. God, we just want to thank you, Lord for the grace that you've shown us Lord God for the gift of salvation like I said that you didn't have to give to us Lord God and we just want to thank you Lord God for your for your mercy and for for a new life in you Lord God because of the the, the cost that you paid Lord God for us to be redeemed to die on the cross for us and to be resurrected as well Lord God so that we can have newness in life in you and Lord God, I just pray that you just let it sink in even deeper in our soul and in our heart, Lord God. This generous love that you have bestowed upon us, Lord God. Just pray every day that it gets deeper and deeper in. And I just pray that we just respond to it, Lord God. Just pray that we respond in our lives every day. And we respond to the people around us with your love that you've shown to us first. And I just pray this in your great and holy name, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www.camrosebc.org.uk. Follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware.